Welcome to the resource room. I'm Amanda, the blogger and TPTer behind the Primary Gal. As a special education teacher, you are always supporting others, students, parents, general education teachers. But who is supporting you? That's where this podcast comes in. It's my mission to give you the help and support that you need. I'll be sharing my tips, tricks, research-based strategies, and professional development. I'm here to help you grow and learn as a resource room teacher. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Well, hello, hello, and welcome back to the fourth episode of our series all about routines for you, what you need to do to kind of help get things together and make sure that things are getting done appropriately. As with my past episodes, I'm going to share what I do on Thursdays, and you can pick and choose what day would be good for you, or um, maybe if a routine is even necessary for these particular areas. But this is what I found to be successful on Thursdays. And just a reminder, you can have the best laid plans, but if you don't make yourself do it, if you don't hold yourself accountable, it still won't get done, and you'll still be riding on the hot mess express. So it's okay to revise plans, it's okay to change your routines, things like that, but if you say, I'm gonna get this done every single Thursday, make sure that you actually get it done every single Thursday. So here's what I do every single Thursday. So for me, throughout the day, throughout my reading groups, I am giving my spelling test to my students. I like to do that on Thursday because for me, Fridays are just too busy and too unpredictable. A lot of times on Fridays, I have a reading test to give and maybe even a math test, depending on the grade level or kind of how they do things. And for me, for many, many years, I was trying to cram three tests, reading, math, and spelling, all into one day during one chunk of time. And for me, that was just like mission impossible. It did not work. I was trying to cram into one 30-minute chunk of time, three tests, which equates to 10 minutes per test. Any transition time in the middle of there, getting to and from groups, if you were running even a little bit behind, it wasn't going to happen. And honestly, it may not have happened even if every single thing was exactly perfectly on time. And so what that made me was really grumpy. I literally hated Fridays because it was like, oh my goodness, all I'm doing is rushing, rushing, rushing myself, rushing these kids. Come on, come on, get this done. Fill in A. I'm not repeating number two because I already read that. Come on, we got to go. And I didn't like myself. I also didn't like the environment that I was creating for my kids. I'm supposed to be the safe place for them to come test. The low-key, stress-free style is what should be happening in my room, and that wasn't what was happening. So after a little bit of thinking and reflecting, it's like, you know what, reading and math, I don't have control over the content that's happening in their classroom. That's going to determine, oh, it's Friday, we're ready for a test, or oh, it's you know Friday, we're ready for a reading test. I don't have that control. But I do have control over spelling, because I give them their list, I practice with them, I'm doing all those things. So for me, it made sense to move that one day forward. That way I knew Fridays, we would only have at most two tests instead of trying to cram in three. It also gave me a little bit of flexibility that if on Fridays, I wanted to pull students based on their homeroom instead of the small group where I usually see them, I could. 
I know every school is different, but, and even in my school, every grade level kind of operates differently. I would have some classroom teachers who, you know, two or three of the five would all be on the same page. And then I would have other grade levels where like nobody was on the same page. I had other grade levels where all five teachers were doing the exact same math lesson, the exact same reading story. They made it easy. But by splitting up some of these groups then based on their homeroom, if one classroom was a week ahead in the reading series, fine. If another group was two or another classroom was two stories behind, it didn't really matter because I already, I was pulling them by their homeroom and I had already done the spelling test based on their spelling and decoding abilities the day before. So it gave me a little bit of freedom. So all of that little tangent there was to tell you then, I know exactly what I'm going to do during my prep time on Thursdays because I know the majority of my students will have taken their spelling test before my prep time. This year, I still have one group that has not taken their spelling test and I try to just do that before I leave at the end of the day, which usually it's five kids, one test or you know one spelling list. It's very quick and easy to do. So I make sure during my prep time every single Thursday, I grade those spelling tests and then I group them based on their homeroom. I group them based on their homeroom so that then the next day, once we take our reading and our math tests, I can just add them to that paper clip and quickly pass them back to the classroom teacher. That usually only takes me maybe 10 minutes or so. Um, it varies based on the year. How many kids do I have? How many different spelling lists? That kind of thing. But overall, it does not take a long time to grade those spelling tests. After grading spelling tests, then I move on to getting my small groups ready for the next week. So if you're using or familiar with my reading intervention, it works on like a four day cycle of really intended for one week. So it has day one, two, three, and four in a booklet. And so those booklets I copy ahead of time. And then on Fridays, because we're taking a reading test or a math test or whatever, there is a test that goes with those. But at our school, we don't use those. We use the reading story from their general education classroom. So in a perfect week, which, haha, what is a perfect week in special education? Um, but on a perfect week, by Thursday, each of those groups has finished day four. So on those days when we finish, they get to take their book home with them or throw it in the recycle bin, whichever they want. So then that means the folder that I have for that group is now empty and it's ready for the next week's book. So on Thursdays, after I have sent them out with their book, I put in the book for the following week so that it is prepped and ready to go. It's all there. Now, remember an episode or two ago, I told you, yes, I care about paperwork. Yes, I care about all those things. But my number one focus is making sure that my time in front of small groups is good to go, that I have everything that I need. And to me, this is part of that. I have to prioritize being ready for those small groups because if a behavior happens or a meeting happens or my own children are sick in the morning, I want to make sure that I am ready for those groups. And this is one way that I feel I can do that is to make sure those booklets are ready to go on Thursday for the very next Monday. While I'm prepping those books or while I'm getting those out, then at the same time, or really kind of after I go through not all of my groups, especially this year where I'm doing only fourth graders, 
Not all of my groups have sightword flashcards that I use to kind of complement that multi-sensory side of our arm tapping with our sight words. So again, if you're familiar, you know that we use a blue highlighter to find high frequency words or dull sight words or heart words, whatever you wanna call them. I know with the science of reading push, sight words are not the top priority. But for a lot of our special education students, that is a really big area that they excel at when we expose them to things multiple times and using multi-sensory strategies. So for me, part of that curriculum uses our blue highlighters to look for some high frequency words. I like for them to be able to see it on the flashcard, hear it because they're arm tapping and feel it through arm tapping. So when I'm prepping those books and getting them put into the folders, I like to also pull out the flashcards and put them in a pocket chart that hangs on my board. Early on, this was not something that I did, but found that kids want to look at you while you're instructing or while you're doing something as a whole group. And the sight word wasn't written on my forehead, so I did not want them looking at me necessarily, but I understood where they were coming from. That's something literally we are drilling into their heads when an adult is talking or when you're instructing, you're looking at them. So I thought, you know what, let me just get these flashcards out so that I'm holding the flashcards so that if we are arm tapping the word C, you get to see the word C. If we're arm tapping they, you're seeing the word they instead of them looking at me instead of looking in their book. So that's something that I added maybe two years ago to my routine. And so I needed time to get those flashcards out. Again, the sense of um, adding this as a routine, doing this regularly came out of necessity. So when I first started doing this, again, it was kind of an experiment. Like what, what if I held the flashcard? Well, every day I was like scrambling to dig out the flashcards. So we would only have four words. So it doesn't seem that bad, but when you're digging through a stack of 40 sight words to find four word cards, or out of a stack of 52 for four word cards, some of which might be a repeat from yesterday, it was like, this doesn't make any sense to be wasting group time trying to find those cards. So then I started doing it the week before, whenever I got out the book, I would lay out those cards and, and put them in my pocket chart. That way they're just ready to go. And usually those three things, that's what I get done in my prep time. That's it. So I might have some paperwork that needs scanning or some little things, you know, make sure to pass this back or, or whatever. But in general, those are the three things that I hold myself to every single Thursday. So as you walk away from this episode or after you finish, maybe you're driving to work, maybe you're getting ready for school, whatever it is, I encourage you to start thinking of the things that you do regularly and start assigning them to what makes sense to do on a Monday or a Tuesday or a Wednesday, what makes sense to do at the end of the week, like Thursday or Friday, because there are some things that you're doing over and over and over again, and you could make it a little more routine, a little quicker, so that you know you're not scrambling. And again, the most important thing that we're doing is our small group time. Having those kids at our table needs to be top notch. We need to be ready. We don't need to be scrambling. So figure out the routines that work for you. What do you need to do every Thursday to be ready for the next week? Speaking of next week, I'll be back next week with an episode all about my routines for every Friday. So I'll talk to you then. 
Well, my friend, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to the Resource Room Podcast. I truly, truly love to help and support other special ed teachers. Because of that, I run a Facebook group just for us. Search the Resource Room and request to join. You can also check out my website, theprimarygal.com, for blog posts, pictures, and more information. Until next time, have a great week.